He's a well-respected high school football scout, known for his unpopular opinion and brash commentary. The coach, Keith They bring you the transparent truth, the world's number one source for high school football recruiting news and interviews. The transparent truth. truth. <laughs> welcome, welcome. You're now listening to the transparent truth. It's your boy, Coach Keith. I'm in the building. It's intercom. We're in the Miracle Mile. Maslin Wilshire. We're going to do it big today, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for joining the truth. Got a beautiful show today. A lot of audience interaction. We got a sleeper of the week. We have one to watch. Young Buck getting ready to go do his thing but uh before we get to any of all that it's time for our sit and sleep sleeper of the week really want to thank our guy larry miller he's allowing us to showcase unknown prospects that need to be brought to the spotlight larry is all about family and community and his support is helping to change the lives of young players across the country each week young men are getting scholarship offers after being featured on this show so thank you, Larry. When we have business and a man that is really interested in the community, we need to show our support right back at him. Sit Sleep is the only place that offers advanced sleep technology. Greg? Body diagnostics. That's five-star stuff. This is high-quality stuff. Lay down on a mattress, and within seconds, thousands of sensors can help you find the absolute right mattress for you. Wow, within seconds? Seconds. Man, that's awesome. Sit Sleep. They'll beat anyone's advertised price, or your mattress is free. Appreciate you, Larry Miller. Thank you, Larry. We're going to now look at um, what I feel like is a big-time sleeper out of the Los Angeles City section. Now, the show's gone national. We know that. And um, I want to pull my sleepers from all over the country. But got a chance to see this young guy on television He's got a couple offers, but he's about to blow up. I'm talking about Elijah Queen, Narbonne High School. 6'4", 6'5", maybe. Lean, long, athletic, big hands, really good ball skills. A beautiful target for a quarterback down the football field in the middle of the field. Um, a queen looks like he's probably only 180 pounds. He's slight of build. Not sure what his top speed is, but he's got a couple Mountain West offers, but I think he's going to be a Pac-12 guy. This kid has tremendous length, tremendous size. He's got great hands, and if he can run a little bit, I think he's a Pac-12 guy. So I don't have his his uh, computer stats with me, but Elijah Queen, Narbonne High School. Coaches, I know you're listening. Go take another look at this guy. He's maybe not the guy you're looking for right now, but in three, four years, he's going to be a beautiful football player. So Elijah Queen, Narbonne High School, congratulations. You're this week's Transparent Truth, Sleeper of the Week. In addition now to our Sleeper of the Week, we want to go with our One to Watch. Our One to Watch is based on a young kid, a young and up-and-coming kid across the country that I feel would blow up really, really soon. And I got a chance to see a lot of young guys. I I try to get to a lot of um, JV, a lot of freshman games, because that's when you know, that's when you find where the up-and-coming kids will be. Went to the Bosco freshman game last week. Bosco and Edison saw some great football players, guys who are going to be tremendous in the future. Went to Los Alamitos and Torrey Pines, saw some really good football players. But... My one to watch this week um, comes from Sierra Canyon. None other than 2022 quarterback Amari Powell. 
Got his first varsity action, I believe, last week. He looked great throwing the pill. He's got a tremendous skill set for the position. He's got a beautiful stroke from the pocket, understands defenses. You can see him read the field, anticipate where the defense and where the coverage is going to be, throw his receivers open. Amari Powell, 2022 quarterback from Sierra Canyon High School. I think he's going to be a big-time player. He'll be one of the state's best by the time it's his senior year. Look out for Sierra Canyon. I know they got Big uh, big Planet Christian just got eligible on the offensive line. And uh, Sierra Canyon, man, they're rolling. They're rolling. Sumlin, um, they got a lot of guys. They got a lot of guys. DJ, um, Sierra Canyon. So Amari Powell, one to watch um, over there at Sierra Canyon. So there it is, my sleeper of the week. Elijah Queen, my one to watch, Mr. Amari Powell. Congratulations, fellas. Make sure you share this with all your friends and family. Let's move along. Um, you know, it's you're going to be hearing this on Wednesday, and then I'm recording live on Tuesday, but we want to get to our game recaps, and we're going to have some live callers calling in today, and I want to make sure I leave a lot of time for that because people have a lot of opinions out there. People saw a lot, uh, digested a lot, got a chance to process a lot, I think there are a lot of opinions out there. I think we need to dialogue and I think we need to discuss. Let's put it all out on the table and let's kind of work our way through it. And I think this is the time for that. So if you're watching this on Facebook, please share this. Again, if you're watching this on Facebook Live, please share this. I'm not on Twitter Live today. Um, I'm on Facebook Live. But please get to sharing this because um, I think this is going to be a really good show. Really, really good show. So uh, let's get to a, well, before I get to our national recap. Let's go to our National Player of the Week. This was a tough decision. A lot of really good performances out there. Um, Receivers, tight ends, uh, defensive players, a lot of really good performances out there. But one performance stood above the rest. I got to go with my guy, Ethan Garbers, over Corona Del Mar, the quarterback, 22 for 28, 470 yards, a school record 470 yards broke his own record not only did he break a school record in his own record he broke the Orange County record for 8 passing touchdowns in one game and they they didn't just play against any scrubs right Downey they beat Downey 57 to 14 but Downey was a CIF finalist 2 years ago so it's not just a scrub program but Ethan Garbers goes berserko in out the gate 470 Eight touchdowns. He lights it up. And they run Downey off the field, does Corona Del Marshall. Congratulations, Mr. Ethan Garbers, my man, the baby-faced assassin. National High School Football Player of the Week here on The Transparent Truth. Every week, we will have a National High School Player of the Week. We will have plays of the week that I'll be posting on Twitter. Um, And then we'll also have our Sleeper of the Week. In our one to watch of the week. Got a lot of big news coming. Got a lot of big things coming. A lot of partnerships going on. And, um, you know, people want, they want, they want spot shadows. So I want to spot shadow these guys. So Ethan Garbers, lit it up. School record, county record. Congratulations, Ethan. You did your thing. Moving on to week two. I know you're going to do more of the same. So um, now it's time. Let's, let's get to our national recap. So last week we talked about, you know, about five games. You had the modern-day Centennial game. Um, you had the St. Thomas Aquinas, De La Salle game. 
You had the Bosco DeMatha game. You also had the St. Francis Miami Central game. And then you had the Deerfield Beach Carroll City Beach, Carroll City game. Okay, so those five games are the ones we broke down. We meaning me and my me and my guy Zach Puff, National Preps, uh, National Preps, excuse me, Max Preps, um, National Editor. We broke it down. We made the predictions. I believe, I believe we went five and zero. Oh. I don't think we missed the game. We didn't go. We we, we went five and zero. Oh. So let's start it off at the top. Let's start off with Modern Day Centennial. And before I get to talking about the game. I have got to share, uh, number one, thank you so much, Modern Day, for accommodating me. Number two, uh, the Centennial faithful, the Centennial family, and, and in specifically, the Centennial moms. Beautiful tailgate, welcomed me with open arms, always showing a lot of love, and I, I just love that group of people over there. They're so hospitable, so friendly, very receptive. And uh, I got a chance to to talk and to give hugs and to, um, you know, just really embrace the entire Husky community. So thank you very much for inviting me to the tailgate. Love to come out anytime. The food was delicious. Thank you, Mrs. Susie Nash, for looking out for me and all the rest of you Centennial moms. I don't want to I don't want to uh, forget any of you. So thank you so much. But moving on to the game, modern day Centennial going into the game. I predicted high scoring affair. New modern day was not going to be stopped. Centennial does not have the personnel, nor do do they play the scheme that um, that I think is conducive to really controlling Bryce Young. Like as if you can control Bryce Young, you can't. He's the best player in high school football. But um, Centennial, I, I didn't think it was a good match defensively for them. Conversely, or contrarily, or on, otherwise. On the flip side, I thought Centennial's offense would be able to move the ball, and they did. I thought they would be able to score points. I thought they would get to the late 20s, maybe early 30s. They did not. Um, but it, it wasn't all for loss for Centennial. I thought they had a lot of things to grow on. They get rolled over 42-12, to 12, and, and it wasn't even that close. But Centennial, they found themselves inside the 10-yard line two times, Maybe even three times they come up empty. Um, the shotgun offense did not serve them well inside the ten yard line. They got manhandled at the line of scrimmage. They they were attacked and blitzed from all over the place. And the quarterbacks, the offensive line, they just could not handle the the, the heat and the pressure that Modern Day sent to them. They just couldn't handle it. Um, Modern Day's offense worked beautifully. Uh, starts off with Bryce Young. He started off eight for eight for over 100 yards and a touchdown. Um, I thought he was on time and on target. His pinpoint passing to go along with his quick release, but his even quicker processing and delivery. Um, he's just a special player. Just tough to beat a guy like that uh, who can who can get out the pocket anytime he wants to and put pressure on your defense, but also just just drop pinpoint passes on receivers streaking down the field talked about you know last week Keon Hudson Ware was going to have a big year this was going to be his breakout game I thought he showed up and showed out um defense I thought modern day's defense really stood tall starts with for me it started with Jalen Davies I thought he played beautiful coverage on Gary Bryant um I thought you know he was he was physical I thought he was athletic 
I mean, he was just a, a shadow. He was just a mirror. He just mirrored everything he did, and he really put the clamp down. Gary had a hard time shaking loose, and I don't. I'm not sure if um, you know they were they did enough. Centennial did enough to get him open. But Jalen Davies was in lockdown mode. And, you know, Hunter, Josh Hunter, he came up with a pick, undercut a five-round, diving interception, just a beautiful play, just a big-time play. He's a special kid. He's got great talent. Damani Jackson, the most impressive play I saw was him run Gary Bryant down from behind. Gary Bryant is legitimately a high 4-4 guy. And Damani Jackson ran him down virtually easily and quickly. It's just, you know, evidence of the type of athlete Damani Jackson is. I mean, he's got a burst unlike any other um, at that size, which is going to make him, you know, a, a really, really, he's already a, a high-rated prospect, but he could be the highest-rated prospect uh, before it's all said and done in the 2022 class. But Madre's defense really stood tall. Ray Luatelli, uh pick six, you know, deep down in, in Centennial's um, own end. I thought Rajon Davis did a uh, marvelous job setting the edge and rushing the passer. His two responsibilities, playing outside backer from out of day, setting the edge and rushing the passer. I thought he did a great job. I thought his relentlessness to the ball, his pursuit really showed up. Uh, but I thought Mata Day was fast. I thought they were physical. I thought they were disciplined. They just did a nice job. And they really um, dismantled Centennial's offense. And they really exposed their defense, their lack of coverage ability and also um, just you know the, the lack of talent Centennial has on the defensive side of the ball um, the running back from modern day oh man why am I missing this kid's name I'm forgetting his name right now but the running back from modern day he had a really nice job he's a sophomore Craig Quincy Craig Quincy Craig Quincy Craig did a really nice job uh, he hit a couple creases, broke a long one for a touchdown. I love his speed. He's a kid who came off the track. He played freshman football last year. Great job at Modern Day helping to develop this kid. Quincy Craig really stood tall, you know, on the national stage. But at the end of the day, it's the Bryce Young show. 19 for 26, 190 plus yards, three touchdowns. He did throw an interception, which is unlike Bryce. Thought it was a, it was a, it was a good throw, not a great throw. C.J. Williams had a chance, but the defensive back, I don't have his name in front of me, but he went up and made a great play. So you got to give him credit. I thought Bryce probably let it a half a yard short, which he normally does not do, but he did this time, and uh, he got picked off. But Bryce was um, he was phenomenal again, another virtuoso performance on a national stage. And um, I was standing on the sideline back in the end zone with some guys who uh, didn't know me very well, but by the end of the night, not only did they know me, uh, they trusted and hung on every word that I spoke because they knew I was speaking the truth and they knew I knew what I was talking about. And, um, you know, it turned them into believers. You know, turned them into believers. I'll just leave it at that. But it was, it was, it was a great chance to kind of get out of the first high school football game in the varsity season to modern-day Centennial. So let's move along. Um, let's talk Aquinas de La Salle. St. Thomas Aquinas, number one team in the country, takes the 3,000-mile trip up to Northern California, Concord, De La Salle, play the storied and traditional program there at De La Salle. Aquinas starts off early. They get an early lead. Uh, De La Salle kind of bounces back. Marcus Roseme, the All-American wide receiver in Georgia commit, goes and makes a juggling catch, a deep ball for a touchdown, a big-time play. Derek Wingo had 10 tackles in a sack. That's the All-American outside backer. At the end of the day, De La Salle just could not muster up enough offense 
to get rolling and really uh, challenge Aquinas late in the fourth quarter. Just could not muster up enough offense. Aquinas' defense, always very good. I remember they used to have Jason Taylor on the staff. I'm not sure if he's still there, but very athletic, very big, very physical. Those guys are going to run and hit you know, for four quarters plus, and uh, Mater Dei just could not overcome um, kind of the early deficit. But uh, James Kobe for De La Salle, 13 carries, 167 yards, two touchdowns. Oh, hold on. I don't think he's from De La Salle. He's from he's from Aquinas. James Kobe, 13 carries, 167 yards, two touchdowns. And then, like I said, Derek Wingo's 10 tackles and the sacks. Marcus Roseme had a touchdown catch. <clears throat> and Aquinas, the number one team in the country, they get the job done versus De La Salle on the road, and they prove their number one ranking on the road. That That's going to speak volumes at the end of the year. Let's move along. We got Bosco DeMatha. Bosco DeMatha, really intriguing matchup for a couple of reasons. Bosco's defensive line was depleted from last year's group. A lot of guys went on to college. DeMatha, they're known, and especially this year, for their big physical offensive line, led by Hall of Fame World Bowl All-Star Golden Achumba at the right guard position. Not only do they have a really big and physical offensive line, they got a running back who's one of the top five backs in the country. Marshawn Lloyd is super slippery, very elusive. Um, he's got a little bit of a shady McCoy to his game. He's got an ability to give you a dead leg and get back in the other direction and really make you miss, make you look foolish trying to tackle him. Uh, but looking at this game on paper is one thing, and I always wonder what type of passing game was the math, would the math have? Um, against Bosco or any national power, you cannot go in one-dimensional and that's what's kind of happened. DeMatha went in one-dimensional. And uh, when they couldn't get Marshawn Lloyd off, he only 16 carries, 81 yards, they really had nothing else to go to. I mean, they did hit him on a 33-yard pass up the middle, kind of on a, on a blow, busted coverage for a touchdown. But that was their only, their only touchdown of the game. Marshawn Lloyd catches the touchdown pass, but only 81 yards on the ground. And Bosco just way too talented offensively and defensively for that, for a one-dimensional team. You look on Bosco's side, defensively, I thought they did a great job. Kobe Pepe starts with him down the middle. Um, his his effort, his relentlessness, his motor, he's just always getting after the ball. He's a big-time senior, USC commit. He gets vertical penetration, and he demands the double team at all times. At the second level, I thought Court Williams did a nice job, really manning that second level. You know, making plays around the line of scrimmage or off in space. Did a nice job there. And then on the back end, I thought it was a, a, a spectacular performance by Mr. John John Bonds. The senior free safety, strong safety. Just You just talk about a great football player. How many times did he stop Marshawn Lloyd in the open field, which is an extremely difficult thing to do for a guy that's, that has that type of shaky movement ability like Lloyd has, but John John Vines getting him on the ground in the open field multiple times, not once, not twice, multiple, multiple times. John John Vines, for me, um, he was the best player on the field defensively for Bosco. 
I don't think that's a reach by any stretch of the imagination. I thought he was pretty special. He came up hitting out the secondary. He made great open field tackles. He just was all over the field. John John Bond's a guy I'm really high on. I really like his game. And um, I'm hearing that, you know, he may stay local to go to college. So we'll see what happens with that. On the flip side, let's talk a little bit about the Bosco offense. Slow start for DJ. Um, starts off, you know, two for 13, four for 16, five for 17. Slow start. I could tell he was a little too amped up. A little, you know, national TV game, Panish Family Stadium. He was a little too hyped up. Balls are coming out hot, hot. I mean, that ball was flying out of his hand. And, you know, over guys' heads, low. I mean, he just wasn't in control of the football early. And that is a sign of a guy who is pressing, right? He's trying to impress on every throw. Just a little too hyped up. Need to settle down, and he did later on in the game. Made some easy completions, got himself in rhythm, and then uh, made one of his better plays that I've seen from DJ. Touchdown pass to Bo Collins, and my knock on DJ is he's not he's 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 got a ways to go when he has to move his feet. He got some pressure, moved his feet, slid, threw one to Bo Collins in the back of the end zone, on target, low and away from the defender. Good throw, moved his feet, made an accurate throw. I think that's a step in the right direction for DJ. Um, thought he did a nice job with that. He threw a back shoulder from about 25 yards away on the op- from the opposite hash. That was an unbelievable throw. And it it, it definitely warrants, um, you know, just the generational arm talent and the high, you know, ranking. Not everybody can make that throw. Not everybody in the NFL can make that throw let alone high school, let alone college. It was a pretty special throw. It was probably the best throw um, that I've seen from him, maybe maybe ever. It was about 30 yards on a back shoulder on a rope from the opposite hash. It was just, it, it takes special talent to do that, and he has that, no question about it. Um, best player on offense for me was Logan Loya. Um, you talk about a guy helping his quarterback. How about this? I'm going to run... Three-yard slants and five-yard speed outs, and I'm going to get great separation. Not only am I going to get great separation, I'm going to break a tackle, and I'm going to get my yak. I thought Logan Loyal was dominant. He was dominant. He was so dominant, in fact, that I reached out to him and invited him to the Pro Football Hall of Fame World Bowl um, 24 hours after the game, and or maybe 48 hours after the game, either or. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, that's what I think of Logan. Uh, I could, I affectionately call him Raymond, um, and he's just a he's just a really crafty, savvy, smart, um, and really he's a guy who's got like deceptive quickness and strength. I, I've yet to see anybody guard this guy. Damani Jackson did the best job I've seen on Logan Loya. That was last year in a in a late game. Uh, modern day Orange Lutheran, but man, Logan Loya is, is he's a tough cover. He's a tough cover. I'm glad to have him at the Hall of Fame World Bowl, and uh, he's going to show the world what he has. Uh, he's got really good talent, and uh, I'm excited for that. So congratulations, Logan Loya. I thought Chris Hudson was a beast. I thought he played with the type of tenacity 
and the type of want to and, and intensity that I'm looking for in a, in, a, in a high school football player that projects well to the next level. Dude, Chris Hudson loves the game. He loves to play. And he got out there. Not only he made plays, he did so with a ferocity um, that really let you know that he was there to dominate. He wasn't there to play games with other people's children. He was there to dominate with the ball in his hands. Chris Hudson shines big. Um, he, I think he goes five for 99 yards. Logan Loya, uh, seven for 137. DJ ends up 17 of 37, 322 and two touchdowns. And um, Bosco. Bosco. How did I how did I phrase that? Bosco stops Damatha because I thought the I thought the um, the key to the game was defense. Bosco stops Damatha and they and they just stopped them dead in their tracks. All right, so let's move along. Moving on to the next game, we're talking uh, St. Francis, Miami Central. St. Francis, they uh, they trample Miami Central. It was you know St. Francis number two team in the country. They're riding a you know. You know, 24 game win streak, I believe. And they play Miami Central. It's supposed to be a good game. Miami Central, one dimensional. Couldn't throw the ball. Tried to run the ball. Couldn't do that. Really, really, it was zero dimensional. Zero dimensional. So, um, St. Francis, they're a pretty explosive team. Super talented. They got 14 players committed to college already on the team. Sounds pretty familiar. Um, they have a four-man defensive line led by Chris Braswell, who's committed to Alabama. But all four guys are four-star players, four-star ranked players. Now, that doesn't mean that they're going to dominate everybody. What that does mean, though, is they're projected really high and they're projected to be NFL players, you know, and they're in the high school. They also have Luke Hill, who's committed to Oregon, one of the top safeties in America. He had a pick six. Um, the game started off bad for Miami Central. They run the ball three straight times. They get tackled for loss three straight times. Then they snap the ball over the punter's head on a punt for a safety. So it starts off 2 nothing. St. Francis scores two or three plays later. It's 9 nothing. Um, Miami Central goes three and out again. St. Francis scores again. It's 16 nothing. Before you knew it, it was 16 nothing, and it was still you know eight minutes to go in the first quarter. The game got ugly. Again, 48, excuse me, 49-13. Miami Central gets, they get trampled by St. Francis. Looking forward to St. Francis Modern Day in a couple of weeks. That's going to be big. Similar to IMG Modern Day last year, I don't know if it had the same juice, but the St. Francis team is good. They're big, they're fast, they're athletic, they're physical, and they play well together. It'll be a challenge for Modern Day. So we'll see... uh, We'll talk about that down the road. Um, let's get to our next game, which is Deerfield, Deerfield Beach and Carroll City. That's the annual game between Dade and Broward County. Uh, Jalen Knighton for Deerfield. You know, the, the Florida State commit. Ran for 2,000 yards as a junior, but couldn't get any room this game. 14 carries, 48 yards. They shut him down. Deerfield shut him down. He couldn't get any space. He couldn't get any room. And uh, Deerfield was hitting. Excuse me. I'm sorry. Carroll City was hitting. He plays for Deerfield. My fault. Uh, Carroll City, they got a balanced offense. 
200 plus yards rushing, 200 plus yards passing, but they were very undisciplined. A lot of penalties, a lot, a lot of penalties. 185 yards of penalties. That's ridiculous. Almost 200 yards in penalties by Carroll City. If they didn't have all those penalties, instead of winning 24 to 12 over Deerfield, they probably would have won 64 to 12. They got to get that in order. Okay. Uh, for Carroll City, Ty Jones Bell, 150 yards receiving, a touchdown. He is a Alabama commit. He's a four star receiver. He's big time. The highlights, he's running past people. He's making plays. He had a 76-yard touchdown catch, so he did a nice job. So that is uh, the national recap for this week. Those are the games. And, uh, you know, got a chance to see a lot of them, read on a couple of them. And it was a good week of football, really good week of football. Very quickly, one touch on a game that I did watch some of, Narbonne Buchanan. Narbonne Buchanan. You have a Narbonne team that's loaded with a bunch of talent, transfers and whatnot. Uh, they're playing, they go down to Fresno to play Buchanan High School, which is the home of Georgia commit 2020 running back Kendall Milton, top two, top three running back in America. And in the first half, um, he, he, was, he was unstoppable. He was unstoppable. He got the rock. He punished people. He made people miss. He ran past people. Um, and that's that's what I saw from my perspective. An Arbonne team loaded with a bunch of talent. They couldn't hold him. They couldn't hold him. Milton ended up with you know close to 140 yards rushing. Apparently, I didn't see it, but apparently Narbonne, you know, shut him down in the second half or limited his his carries or his, his room to run. On the offensive side of the ball, Narbonne, uh, I didn't I didn't see great rhythm. Uh, Jake Garcia is a four-star quarterback. Uh, he's got a lot of talent. I didn't, I didn't feel like they were in sync. I didn't see great rhythm from them. Uh, Aaron East caught a touchdown pass. Elijah Queen, a sleeper of the week, caught a touchdown pass. Really like the running back stuff. Jack Brown. He's a, he's a scholarship football player. Jack Brown. He's really good. I like him. He's strong. He's quick. He's fast. He's got really good vision. I love his ability to break tackles and bounce off of people. Jack Brown, they got a sophomore kid, big kid, 6'2", maybe, probably 200 pounds. He looks like a, Desha- a young Deshaun Foster. Get him on the track in the offseason. He's going to be something special. He's a sophomore kid. I don't have his name in front of me, but Narbonne High School, sophomore running back. He's going to be big, big, big time. Mark my words. So, uh, But Narbonne gets the win. Uh, I believe the score was 38-7. Thirty-six to seven, something like that. Thirty-six to seven, and um, you know, Narbonne they'll win the city. Can they win a state championship again? We'll find out. But you know, Buchanan's. I guess that's the theme of of today's recap. These these one-dimensional teams. These one-dimensional teams. Buchanan totally one-dimensional. They had Milton, but they didn't have much else quarterback couldn't really do anything from the pocket he had some athletic ability but unless you're able to threaten the defense down the field Narbonne is too talented of a team they're going to put the clamp on you at some point um, when they decide they want to hit and uh, they're going to they're going to put things together so uh, you know Narbonne they end up getting the job done they didn't look great I'm sure they'll be ready to bounce back and put on a better performance and uh 
here's a here's a here's a crazy thing that I read. Exiled coach Manny Douglas, who's under investigation, was at the game in Fresno in the stands. And the Narman administration is very unhappy. This is allegedly. I do not know this for sure. But that's interesting. Allegedly, a suspended coach who's under investigation made the trip to Fresno to watch his, I don't know if you call it his former team or his team, play. And now the administration allegedly is very disgruntled about it. This is high school football. Can we knock off the shenanigans? Can we just knock it off? Is it really? It's high school football. What, what are you guys doing? Stop trying to ruin the game. Can we just play the game and not ruin it? Let's just get back to that point. High school football. All right, now we're going to take a caller. Caller, what's your name? Where you from? DJ Full Wilder um, from L.A., but I'm sitting on a beach in Oxnard. Well, what's How's up? Going? I'm doing all right, man. Welcome to the Transparent Truth. CJ, what's on your mind, man? We're talking high school football from this past week. Oh, I have a couple of things on my mind. Um, first, I'm going to talk about um, St. John Bosco and um, what is it? Uh, the school from Maryland. The Mathis. The Mathis. Yep. yep. I remember that school. They used to be really known for the basketball team back in the day. That's right. But yeah, um, that running back they had, man, who is that guy? Yeah, Marshawn Lloyd, four-star running back um, out of the Matha, big-time kid. He, he, he's been a staple in the program for a couple of years now. He's committed to South Carolina, chose South Carolina over a host of schools down on the East Coast in the Southeast region. Marshawn Lloyd is legit. There's no question about it. He'll remind you a lot of Shady McCoy. It's a little shorter, but a lot of the same shifty movements. He can hit you with the dead leg. He can stop on a dime and leave you with change. Marshawn Lloyd is legit. He can catch it. He can run it. He can block it. Caught a 33-yard touchdown pass against Bosco and showed a lot of his dynamic ability. Now, what other schools in that region have have um, have um, are offering him? I mean, has the Alabamas and the Georgias of the world um, offered him as well? Yeah, I mean, he's got every offer underneath the moon. I mean, Georgia, Alabama, you know, Tennessee. Again, he's committed to South Carolina. So all the SEC schools, all the ACC schools, he's got every offer in the book. He's probably around 30 offers, but he's a legit kid. There's no question about it. I think he's going to play early and often once he gets to South Carolina. They do not have that type of creative and innovative ability with the ball in his hand on their roster right now. Marshawn Lloyd is a guy that can hit it and get it and go at the drop of a nickel. So, and, you know, just moving forward at the next level, at the college level, Marshawn Lloyd, he's going to present a, a a nice option for the Gamecock offense. Ryan Linsky sitting there waiting in the fold, ready to be the quarterback. He's out of Southern California, as we know. You pair him with Marshawn Lloyd, adding a couple of receivers. You know, they're doing a nice job recruiting down there in, a, in, in Gamecock Nation in Columbia, South Carolina. Yeah, that guy can go, man. I, was, I, mean, I had no idea who he was when, we, when I watched him run the rock. I was like, gosh, dog. Yeah, okay. But uh, yeah, also, um, St. John Bosco, bro, what is your take? What is your take on, I guess, them in the future as far as uh, competing with the top top teams in the nation? 
because I was not that impressed. And I get it. It was the first game of the year. But I just wasn't impressed uh, offensively with them. Defensively, I thought they looked pretty good. But offensively, you know, they just were really erratic. Yeah, well, offensively, you know, start off. it starts off with the quarterback, five-star, you know, rivals number one player, top three player in the nation for 247, DJ Uwe Started off a little slow, was erratic early, off target, behind guys, over the head of guys, balls in the dirt a little bit. I think he was a little, a little pressed, a little too anxious, a little too revved up for that nationally televised game, the first one in senior year. Um, I think he got... Some rhythm late in the game with some easy throws, quick outs, uh, screen passes. Chris Hudson took for 60-yard touchdown run. So did they lack some continuity and some rhythm in the first half? Absolutely. There's no question about it. Did they gain some of that back in the second half uh, with, with some easy throws? Yes, they absolutely did. And I think Bosco's offense will be just fine moving forward. DJ, he's got great talent, a lot of potential, still a lot of work to do. But if you give him time in the pocket and you keep his pocket clean, he's got receivers and weapons on the outside that that are superior to 99% of defensive backs in the country. And he's the guy that can get them the ball so they can make people miss and eat up the yak. I was just going to make mention that because, man, he had great arm talent. I saw him make a throw that was like, wow. I mean, he was an NFL throw, but then I noticed um, later on in, in the half, because I didn't watch this, the whole um, game. I watched the first half and I took the non-line game. Sure. But the first half, bro, when he was moving in the pocket, if, if they if they found a way to get him off his off his spot and he couldn't set his feet um, the way he wanted to, bro, his, his paths were all over the place. So, yeah, so I get it. I get it. Um, he, he's a great drop back dude and great arm talent, man. I, I mean, that's one throw you made, man. It was, it was a rocket. Yeah, you know, and I remember the announcers during the game mentioned uh, how great of a throw it was. It must have looked really incredible from from where they were sitting. Yeah, <laughs> he he made a thirty yard back shoulder from the opposite hash that was just spectacular. Yeah, that and, was it, and that, that was the that's the jaw dropping talent, arm generational talent that he has. <clears throat> but at the same time, he's a kid who continues to need to work, improve his game. Continue developing. He's not a ready-made pro, uh, you know, player right now. He, I think he's a long-term guy. Um, mm-hmm. That's just from my own perspective. He's not a ready-made guy as a lot of people think. He's got a lot to work on, a lot to improve on. The talent is special. There's no question about that. There's no arguing that. But talent alone does not get it done. He needs to continue developing, continue working. He's a very humble kid. He will continue to be humble. And uh, he's going to the right place in Clemson where they're going to surround him with elite receivers, a solidified offensive line year in and year out, and a great running game. So he's in a good position to be successful. Now, the quarterback for Clemson, he was a true freshman last year, right? Yes. So he'll be eligible for the draft, not this year, but the next year. Yes. Okay. Ooh. Okay, at least he has he has one year to groom. Okay, okay, so yeah, yeah. Things might look good for him up there. And, and okay. let's be honest. I mean, you know, Clemson has a quarterback room, right? Mm-hmm. Trevor Lawrence is not the only guy there. Mm-hmm. You got guys like Tyson Fomishon who are also waiting in the wing. So DJ is going to have to beat out guys to come in, step into that spot. Is he capable? Absolutely. Does he have work to do to be the type of player to come in? As a, as a second-year sophomore and take over the position, no question about it. So uh, we'll see how that transpires moving forward, but 
He's off to a decent start in his senior year, and I'm sure he'll pick it up as the season goes along. Well, bro, I really hope, man. You know, I get the impression that he's not afraid to, to compete. Because he came in a situation where he's backing up a state champion quarterback. You know, because nowadays these kids, boys, the first first smell competition, bro. They they're up in pack and looking for looking for a rest haven. Um, I don't see that in him. So so hopefully he, he gets down there and he competes. That's yeah, that's good to hear. Okay, all right. There's no question about it. CJ, I appreciate the call, man. Thanks for listening to Transparent Truth. Oh, my pleasure, my brother. You take care now. Have a good evening. Love what you're doing, by the way. I appreciate it. So, anyway, man, that's all I got for you for today's show. Friday's show, be looking out. National game previews. I'll be going to North Shore, Katy, this Thursday. I'm excited about it. I'll go see my boy Demetrius Davis, the quarterback, who threw the Hail Mary versus Duncanville to win a state championship last year. Corey Flagg, Jr., um, Hall of Fame All-American linebacker. So is Demetrius Davis in the 2021 class. But what about Z3? Mr. Zach Evans, number one running back in the country. Maybe the number one player in the country. A superstar talent with the heart of a lion. Excited to see Z3. Shadrick Banks, new Texas A&M commit. North Shore is loaded. They got players everywhere. And uh, I'm excited to get down there. So Thursday, flying out to go see Katie, North Shore. Watch all my guys get out and go do their stuff. But I'll be back out here in Southern California Saturday. And uh, I'll be making sure that I'm, I'm keeping tabs on high school football. But check in for the Friday show. Friday show will be good. National preview. Got my boy, Zach Puff, coming back on. Max Preps. And we're going to be breaking all, all the top national games. And there are a lot of them. Trust me, I did the research. There are a lot of top national games. We're going to be breaking them down here on Friday, man. So make sure you guys are tuned in. Listen, Transparent Truth has gone national, baby. I need you to tell your friend to tell a friend to download and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Download and subscribe. We're on the video cast on Twitter or on Facebook. Transparent Truth has gone national, and I'm trying to do it big. But I need your support. Please. If you're on Facebook Live, you should be sharing this right now. I need your support. Let's lift each other up and let's push each other forward. There's a new sheriff in town and his name's Reggie Hammond. Y'all be cool.